It might be Friday, but that doesn't matter to Hal Anderson because he's here every freaking day, everybody. Yes, I am. Yeah, and I'll be here tomorrow morning, 6 to 9. Sunday morning, 6 to 9. Hal Anderson weekends here 1 to 4. Weekday afternoons. I never leave. Quite literally. And I know you're getting sick of it, but (laughs) uh, I am happy to be here. We got a big show coming up today, TFJ, but the good news is, and you pointed this out, it is, it's freaking Friday, and that's the best part. Well, and you know what? Uh, Another uh, piece of good news, too. It's a good problem to have. We had to Mm. revise our forecast high, I think, twice already. We said two and then four, and it's already five. So if we're lucky, maybe even warmer than that. Yeah, and not a whole bunch of snow. It looks like Melita and places in southwest Manitoba, that extreme southwest corner, are going to get most of the snow. They could see 10 to 15 centimeters there, but uh, we're hopefully not going to get very much here. No. Uh, State of the City address is on. Global News reporter Dinah Foxhall is there. She'll uh, call in when she can to tell us uh, what Mayor Bowman had to say. That's our question of the day, by the way, speaking of uh, of Mayor Bowman. Would you reelect Brian Bowman for mayor? And the question is for CreditAid, helping Manitobans get out of debt since 1992. Visit CreditAid.ca or call 204-987-6890. Where's the voting at right now on that question? Would you reelect Brian Bowman for mayor? Yes or no? So far, 80% no. Over 80% saying no. Wow. I'm surprised at that number. I sort of thought there'd be more no's than yeses. But 80%, nothing scientific about this, right? It's a snapshot. But... Boy, does that open the room or open the door and make room for somebody else to run? We just found out he's going to run again. So far, he is the only one running, and will there be somebody else? I know Jeff Courier was talking a bit about this on his show. Here's my question for you uh, as far as uh, the mayor is concerned, okay? Who would you like to see run against Bowman for mayor? Over 80% of you are saying, I'm not voting for Bowman, so... Who would you like to see run against Bowman for mayor? 204-780-6868, Hal at CJOB.com. Coming up on the show today, of course, lots more Mark CFL Week stuff. We're going to have Bob Irving and Kelly Moore over there starting at 3 o'clock. We'll be uh, cutting in with them. Also, Bob has a great interview for me. We'll get that on the show today. Let me just start at the top of the show here. Uh, We're going to talk to Michelle Lissell after our first break here. She is the Bomber Community Engagement Specialist. So we'll talk to Michelle about Mark CFL Week. Today's a big day in Mark CFL Week for the Bombers, and Michelle will tell us why after a break here. Brett McGarry and the weekend's new movies. We're also going to check in with the National Film Board. They have something now at the NFB called Indigenous Cinema. Basically, you go to their website and there is an entire page dedicated to Indigenous films. So we'll find out about that at about quarter to two. Uh, tough trivia on the show today. Your chance to win tickets for the Winnipeg Golf Expo at Red River Exhibition Park, April 6th and 7th. And we're going to toss in a gift certificate for Santa Lucia Pizza as well. We'll do the contest about 2.15 today. And then from 2.30 to 3, Dr. Cyrus Dirksen will join us on a bunch of stuff. Fear of technology, don't try to be happy, kids' personalities, and what those personalities mean 
as far as their political leanings later in life. And the one subject that we're going to talk about, Doctor, uh, uh, talk with about Dr. Cyrus today is the Mandela effect. I'm excited about this one, the Mandela effect. For example, this is basically false memories. For example, the reason they call it the Mandela effect is because a lot of people believe that their memory is that Nelson Mandela died in prison. Of course, he did not. But many people have the memory that he died in prison. Weird, eh? And another one. I'll give you another uh, example of the Mandela effect on Forrest Gump, right? When he says, when he compares life to a box of chocolates, does Forrest Gump say life is a box of chocolates or life was a box of chocolates? There are people on both sides of that, but only one is correct. Why does this happen? The Mandela effect. So we'll talk to Dr. Cyrus Dirksen about that, okay? We're already getting calls on who you would like to see run against Mayor Bowman. So let's take a couple calls here. Mike is on the phone, 204-780-6868. Hello, Mike. Who would you like to see run against Bowman? Hi, I'd like to see uh, Janice Lukes. Janice Lukes. You bet. That would you be bet. interesting. Sure. Yeah. No nonsense. Uh, stripping down sort of the political layers, uh, getting to the heart of the matter, uh, wants accountability, uh, clarity. Just seems like uh, somebody that I could probably put my, my money behind. Yeah, you stated that well. And I think there's already kind of a natural rivalry there, right? I mean, she used to be part of his inner circle. Now she's not. She's certainly been very vocal complaining about the mayor and the way he does things at City Hall. So that might be an interesting matchup. Yeah. You bet. Thank you, Mike. Appreciate the call. Thank you. Bye-bye. Okay. And Duck is on the phone. Hello, Duck. Who would you like to see run against Mr. Bowman? Well, i got one question. Hmm. And it's a very interesting question, and I think you guys are going to have to go back into the archives Uh-oh. to find this one out. Okay. Remember when Portage and Maine used to be open for pedestrians? Many years ago, yep. Okay. How many people had died on that intersection, and how many people were hit on that intersection? And if they open that up, this is going to be the biggest screw-up for the drivers. Yeah. Okay. They're well, listen, so hey, Doc. This right now. Yeah, but Doc, listen, my and and you're right. Mayor Bowman wants to open up Portage and Maine, but the question is, who would you like to see run against Bowman for mayor? Have you got a name for me? Okay. Who is running? So far, it's I only have... Mayor Bowman. So, who would you like to see run against Mayor Bowman? I'd like to see the, the your last caller. That, Janice Luke's okay. Listen, yes, I got, I've got Janice other I, I've got other calls, Duck. So I'm going to move on, and I want to get to that question. Okay, so I uh, oh boy, I think I've got uh, two on there now. What have I done here? <laughs> oh, you always have problems with that. Phone. Oh my God, there's something going on with, our... with the weird mouth. Remember? <laughs> yes, I remember, Duck. I remember. I think I've just cut somebody off, so I apologize if I just cut you off. Call back, please. I want to talk to you, okay? Craig, Craig, who would you like to see run against Mayor Bowman? Who would you like to see? Jeff Courier. He ran for council before, but nobody really realized how smart he is. But I've been listening to this guy, Uh and he's almost as smart as you. (laughs) Well, I appreciate the the compliment, and I'm sure uh, Jeff appreciates your your vote of confidence for him uh, running for mayor. Thank you, Craig. Appreciate the call. Yeah, buddy. 
All right. And uh, Terry, I think I cut yeah. you off, right, Terry? Sorry about that. That's okay. Thanks. Uh, I'd like to see anybody but him. Yeah, really, eh? Janice Lukes or whoever's running. He's paid off. Why would he open a port of Jermaine for? For what? And the bus of Robert Transit waste a billion dollars for that? He's a joke. All right. A triple Terry says A triple B. Anybody but Bowman. A triple B. Anybody but Bowman. Bill. Bill, who would you like to see run against Bowman for mayor? I would like to see Peter Kaufman run. Peter Kaufman. There's Peter a name Kaufman, I there's yes. a name I haven't heard in a while. No nonsense, Peter Kaufman. Jan- Janice Lukes would cater to the special interest groups, and we got too many of them. Where is Kaufman now? What's he doing? I'm not sure what he's doing, but uh, I met Peter Kaufman probably 40 years ago, and you know what? Uh, the guy, he, in my opinion, he's a stand-up guy, no nonsense guy, and uh, hopefully he would put, uh, you know, p- put us back in, in the black, and uh, you know, r- r- run the city like it should be run. All right, Bill. Thanks for the call. I appreciate it. Thank you, sir. Okay, so that's our question, or one of the questions we're asking today. Who would you like to see run against Mr. Bowman now that he has declared he will seek re-election? And so far, he is the only name that would be on the ballot. All right, 204-780-6868. Hal at cjob.com. Keep the calls coming. We're going to take a break and come back. We'll talk to Michelle Lissell next, Bomber Community Engagement Specialist, about Mark CFL week. Hang on. Hal Anderson on 680 CJOB. And uh, as you can see, we got some snow in the forecast tonight, tomorrow, and again on Sunday. I'll just again tell you that here in Winnipeg, Mike Conkin, global weather specialist, expecting two to five centimeters in Winnipeg, down in the extreme southwest corner of Manitoba, Melita, and area, they could get 10 to 15. But here in Winnipeg, two to five is the number that, uh, or the numbers that Mike Conkin is giving us right now. So keep that in mind. And then hopefully that's it for the snow. No more after that. Of course, Mark CFL Week continues over at the RBC Convention Center. The Fan Fest is on. We're going to check in later on this afternoon after 3 o'clock with Bob Irving and Kelly Moore over there. Michelle Lissell joins us on the phone now. She is the Bomber Community Engagement Specialist. Hello, Michelle. Good day, Hal. How are you? I am great. It is Friday, big weekend coming up at Mark CFL Week. Tell us what's happening today as far as the Bombers are concerned at CFL Week. Well, the biggest day for sure is uh, tonight for us. We have our tailgate party, which if anybody has ever been to a Grey Cup celebration and been to, uh, you know, the party that the Bombers throw, that is what is happening at the convention center today. So it starts at 3 o'clock this afternoon, and it goes until 6.30. So if you're downtown and you're milling about and you're looking for something to do and some place maybe to get a beverage or two, you can come down to the convention center, and the best thing is uh, it is free normally at the uh, bomber events at Grey Cup and whatnot. There is ticketed. It is a ticketed event. This is not a ticketed event. You can come in and uh, have a couple of drinks before you start your weekend off and check out all what's going on at the convention center because there really is a lot for everybody to see and do. Timing's perfect. Grab the kids and uh, head down after work. 
Yeah, for sure. You know what? It's um, it's a really neat setup at the convention center. They basically have transformed, uh, you know, everything into like a large football field. There's green turf everywhere, and there's lots of things for the kids starting today and all through the weekend. Lots of um, different stations where the kids can throw balls, kick. They've got a a virtual station. They can try their skills at all types of things. And um, you know, our tailgate. It's the Twisted Tea Fan Cave, and we're going to have a DJ there, and of course. Everybody loves autographs. So today, uh, Weston Dressler is going to be down there, Darius Bowman. Um, that will be from 5 to 6. So bring your jerseys. This is the perfect time if you got a new jersey to get it uh, get it signed. Yes. Buzz Boomer going to be there for the kids. The Bombers Cheer and Dance team is going to be there. And I think uh, I heard you like the drum line, Hal. The drum line is also going to be there. Everybody loves the drum line. I am a big fan. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> uh, this has to be exciting, Michelle, for the Bombers to have Mark CFL Week right here in Winnipeg, and I mean, still, you know, uh, really two and a half days to go, but it has been so great so far. Mm-hmm. You know, it really has, and when uh, CEO and President Wade Miller was in Regina last year for the event, of course, Regina did a, a great job of putting it on, but he said, you know what, I know Winnipeg, and I know Winnipeggers, and these guys will do, uh, you know, we're going to do a fantastic job of showing everybody, you know, the party that we can put on. So, you know, it's it's really one of those things where I encourage a lot of people haven't been to Grey Cups before. I know Winnipeg has hosted a few here and there, but if you haven't been to any of those big type of CFL events, I really encourage people to come down. It's free. I mean, we're going into spring break week. If you're looking for something to do for the kids, it really is um, a good chance for you to see uh, a bunch of different players. There's local TSN celebrities walking around, there's Bomber alumni that are here, and you never know who you're going to run into. So there's really something for everybody this whole weekend. Michelle, once again, the tailgate party starts at 3 at the RBC Convention Center, correct? You betcha. We'll see you down there in our Bomber gear. (laughs) Perfect. Let's talk again tomorrow on my weekend show, okay? Sounds good. All right. Talk to you then. Thank you, Michelle. Michelle Issel is the Bomber Community Engagement Specialist and. yeah, she'll be on my uh, weekend show tomorrow, 6 to 9 a.m., and again on Sunday, 6 to 9 a.m., and then after I'm off the air, 9 a.m. Sunday morning, I'm going to head down to the convention center and check out uh, Mark CFL Week and the Fan Fest at the RBC Convention Center for myself. So I'll be around probably till about noon, maybe 1 o'clock if you want to swing by and, and say hi. we got a booth set up down there. CGOB and Global has a booth set up, and uh, yeah, I'd love to see you. So swing by on Sunday. If not, before, get down there and uh, and check things out. So I just wanted to take a minute and talk about the uh, uh, Manitoba Hydro story. And uh, they announced a new board this morning replacing Chair Sandy Riley is Marina James. She is the new chair of the board at Manitoba Hydro. And then the other board members include Michael Moore, Lisa Meaches, Melanie McKaig, and Wade Linden. Now, over the past several days, I have been uh, listening very closely to the players in this Hydro story. And here's what I have learned. I'm kind of getting tired of the story, I'll be honest with you. But here's kind of what I've learned or what I think is going on here. The entire Hydro, a little background first, the entire Hydro board quits because they say they couldn't get a meeting with the Premier. Brian Pallister says the board is upset over his refusal to pay $70 million to the Manitoba Métis Federation. But the Premier said something interesting on Mackling and McGarry this morning here on CJOB, and it caught my ear. 
Take a listen. We had already proposed to meet with Mr. Riley after the PUB makes its decision because that would be the right time to do that. All right. So if there could have been a meeting between Pallister and the board for after the PUB decision, why wouldn't the board just wait and see what happens at that meeting before quitting on mass? Wouldn't that make more sense? Don't you think they would wait and see how that, if they haven't had a meeting all this time and they want a meeting and it sounds like the, now whether the premier was uh, is now saying that and, and they didn't know about it, we don't really know. But the premier, I'm taking him at his word this morning, said that he was prepared to meet with the board after the PUB decision. So if you're the board, why not wait? Wait and see how that meeting goes before you walk off frustrated. We also know from the premier that Sandy Riley was at some point offered the chair of a different board. We don't know which board, but here's my thought on this. No matter how you look at it, that would have been a demotion. He is the chair of the board at Hydro, the biggest crown corp in the province. He gets offered the chair of another board. Riley, be mad. I'd be mad about that, right? The premier this morning, again, on m M&M, suggested that it was an angry Riley who got the rest of the board upset to the point where they all resigned. Take a listen. Mr. Riley told the board we had lost faith in the board. This is not true. Mr. Riley said we were going to fire everybody. That's not true either. And so why did the people resign? Because they were told they were all going to be fired and they were told the government had lost faith in them. Neither of those things were true. And this is the problem I have with this. So our minister certainly communicated to the board that, you know, we didn't agree with that proposal. We were looking at, you know, not proceeding with it. But I think that's our job. All right. So believe who you want here. But I think there's probably blame on both sides. And I think all this is less about the $70 million payment to the MMF and whether the premier would take time for a meeting with the board and more about two men who liked each other and respected each other but they have now made each other very angry. I think this is more about a clash of personalities than it is about the 70 million and whether or not the premier would make time for the board. That's what I think. That's after listening to everybody, that's kind of what I think is going on here. What do you think? 204-780-6868. Hal at cjob.com. In theaters, Pacific Rim Uprising. Monsters come out of a huge hole in the ocean floor. Based on the reviews, it must have been a plot hole. Pacific Rim Uprising, now playing. All right, we got to uh, get Brett McGarry to run down the uh, new movies in theaters for us uh, in just a second here. One of them is this uh, Pacific Rim that is not getting very good reviews, so we'll uh, see what Brett has to say about that movie and others. Getting a couple of comments on my thoughts on this hydro mess. Uh, Brad says, Hal, you said you're tired of the hydro mess, but you bring it up again. It's done. Move on. Okay. I was just uh, getting my point out there. I, I haven't really weighed in on, on what I uh, think is going on. And then uh, that was a text message from Brad. And then an email from Bob. Bob says, Hal, I think your take is bang on, but I do agree with freezing the payment to the MMF. Well, past governments have made payments and will likely do so in the future. Given the state of the debt within Hydro and the debt level of the province, it is not the time to be making a $70 million payment to anyone. 
While there were good people on the former board, I am not certain and did not see much progress in reducing the debt load. The board could have recommended freezing further dam construction or, if nothing else, slowed it down. Thanks for the email, Bob. Hal at cjob.com or 204-780-6868 if you want to weigh in on that. We're waiting to uh, chat with Global News reporter Dana Foxhall about the state of the city address. And uh, in the meantime, we're asking you who you would like to see run for mayor against Bowman. Bowman just made it official that he's seeking re-election. And uh, here's what people are saying. Here's who they would like to see. By the way, over 80% of you are voting uh, at cjob.com that you will not be voting for Bowman. Over 80%. Bill says by text at 204-780-6868, Hey, Al, I want Bufflin for mayor. Bufflin. Anyone gets in his way, bam, no fuss, no muss. Thanks, Bill. Thank you, Bill. Appreciate that. Uh, Dave says, uh, Hal, my vote is for either Jeff Courier or you, Hal Anderson. Actually, Jeff Courier, who ran for council uh, several years ago, is getting a lot of support. So, hey, Jeff, if you're listening, and I know you're on location, maybe you want to you know, consider running again, maybe for mayor. Uh, here's another one. I'd like to see Jeff Courier run against Bowman. Uh, another one, Hal for mayor. Those are too easy, though. Let's, let's hear some other names. Uh, here's one of the uh, over 80% of you who voted against or said you will vote against Bowman uh, when you voted at CGOB.com. How even Sam Cates looks honest and open compared to Bowman. Somebody here is suggesting they would vote for Lisa from The Simpsons for mayor. <laughs> Love some of these. Lisa Simpson, Buff. Uh, Nancy says, I like Glenn Murray. I think Brian is wasting time and money on things that are not important. If he actually did things for the well-being of Winnipeg and Winnipeggers, uh, he should definitely not open up Portage and Maine. Thank you, Nancy. I'm just going to skip the ones that say Hal for mayor or Courier for mayor, okay? Tim says Shelly Glover. Yeah, I think Shelly Glover might do a good job. Another one for Janice Lukes. Somebody suggesting that uh, she'd be good. <laughs> Brad says maybe Sandy Riley is interested in running for mayor. <laughs> running for mayor. He isn't. Uh, he's not on the uh, hydro board anymore. So yeah, maybe. Uh, Dave says Hal Jeff Browati for mayor. Here's one. Brian Pallister Hal for mayor. He's going to need a new job soon, according to the texter. Somebody else suggesting Mark Chipman. And Bob says Patrick Line for mayor. So we got one vote for Bufflin and one vote for Line. And uh, Rick says if Bowman drops the whole opening portage in Maine, then I think Bowman would be a good choice. Uh, another no Bowman. Text message, but no suggestion on who uh, who might be somebody good to run against him. Well, anyhow, there you go. There's uh, some reaction to my question. Who would you like to see run against Bowman for mayor? And like I said, we'll get Diana Foxhall on as soon as we can from the State of the City address from Mayor Bowman. All right, that is happening uh, 
uh, today. All right, I promised you we would take a look at uh, the movies. And uh, Brett McGarry has the details now. Seven, oh my gosh, seven new movies Brett wants to tell you about this weekend. And here is Brett with some of the details. It's giant robots versus giant monsters in Pacific Rim Uprising. But the war we thought we finished is just beginning. And the only thing standing in front of the apocalypse is us. It's a sequel to the 2013 film Pacific Rim, which was directed by Guillermo del Toro as kind of a love letter to old monster movies. It was big, silly, and fun. This new one, not directed by del Toro, has even more giant robots and giant monsters. He's pretty big. Buy everything you've got! Director Wes Anderson, the guy behind the Royal Tenenbaums, Fantastic Mr. Fox, and the Grand Budapest Hotel, wants to take you to the Isle of Dogs. The Japanese archipelago, 20 years in the future. Canine saturation has reached epidemic proportions. An outbreak of dog flu rips through the city of Megasaki. Mayor Kobayashi issues emergency orders, calling for a hasty quarantine. Trash Island becomes an exiled colony. The Isle of Dogs. Depending on how you say it, Isle of Dogs sounds like I love dogs. And it's getting great reviews, as is a movie playing at Grant Park called The Death of Stalin. I want to make a speech at my father's funeral. No, uh, no problem. Uh, technically, yes, but practically. When I said no problem, what I meant was no problem. Ignore me. This one's also getting decent reviews. Claire Foy from the Netflix show The Crown plays a woman on the edge in the Steven Soderbergh film Unsane. My stalker is here. There's nothing we can do unless you have proof that a crime's been committed. This is the best place for Sawyer. Must be He's here. Or maybe it's all in my head. I'm not crazy! You might as well be walking on the sun getting bad reviews is Midnight Sun, about a teenage girl who has a sensitivity to sunlight, and she falls in love with Arnold Schwarzenegger's son, Patrick. I am not comfortable with him not knowing. I'm going to. I just need a little longer of being someone more than just a disease. This isn't something you can just not tell me. I'm so sorry. But we're not the couple who doesn't try. Usually around this time of year, we see some faith-based films make their way into theaters. This year, we have Paul, Apostle of Christ. But I've come to Rome to find Paul, to write his story, to bring hope, to bring light into this present darkness, and to remind us all how God changed a hateful man will change the history of the world. Finally, something for the kids, a sequel to 2011's Nomeo and Juliet. It's Sherlock Gnomes. <laughs> it's not quite perfect, but it's ours. Think of all the adventures we're going to have. Look, there's a pool! Woohoo! I'm okay! Excuse me. Oh, man, Katie, that is just... Are you done? 
I've made a jacuzzi. That's what's new at the movies. I'm Brett McGarry, and that's entertainment on 680 CJOB. Thank you very much, Brett. Brett McGarry, of course, one of the Couch Potatoes, Jeff Braun, the other one. You can hear them both tomorrow at high noon here on CJOB and on Sunday at 6 p.m. You can also get their podcast at Google Play and iTunes. Brett McGarry and Jeff Braun, CJOB's Couch Potatoes. One forty. Now we're going to take a quick break. We'll check the forecast. And after that, the National Film Board has something cool on their website. I think you're going to want to hear about details coming up. Hal Anderson. Taking your votes at uh, CJOB.com. Would you vote for Mayor Bowman? Over 80% of you saying no. And so the question is, well, who would you rather vote for then? If he is running, who would you like to run against him? Texter at 204-780-6868, suggesting that uh, Hal maybe Beavis and Butthead. Oh, wait. <laughs> the mayor and CEO we have now are already Beavis and Butthead. And I'm happy to take your serious suggestions as well. 204-780-6868, Hal at cjob.com. Joining us on the phone now from the National Film Board, it's Michelle Van Bosacom. Michelle, thank you very much for doing this. Good afternoon. Hi, Hal. Thank you for doing this. I appreciate it. It's my pleasure. So this is exciting. There is a new Indigenous page at your website, nfb.ca. Tell us about it. So Indigenous Cinema is a new destination for the NFB's collection of Indigenous-made films. The NFB, of course, is... Canada's public producer. We're very well known for our documentary and short animation work. And we've been working with Indigenous directors from right across Canada since 1968. We have a collection of about 280 films made by First Nation, Métis, Inuit directors from coast to coast to coast. And we thought that uh, it was a very appropriate time to be shining a light on that collection of work and putting it in a space where it would be very easy for people to discover and explore and get exposed to those stories and perspectives and discover the wealth, the richness of that collection of films. Mm -hmm. And there are some Winnipeg and Manitoba Indigenous filmmakers uh, represented there as well. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, one film I'll, I'll draw your attention to, a very recent film from two years ago, it's called This River, and some of your, your listeners might know about it already. It's by Katerina Vermet, who, of course, a lot of people know as, as a writer. She got a lot of attention for her recent book, uh, The Break, and it's co-directed by Erica McPherson, who's also from Winnipeg, and that is a film that looks at the grassroots activities of um, the folks associated with Drag the Red. It's a film that got a lot of attention on the festival circuit. It won a Canadian Screen Award for Best uh, Short Documentary last year. We know what this river can do. So many of us are missing. Everyone knows someone who didn't come home. For a long time, Many of us have believed our loved ones could be found in this water. There are also films by other local Winnipeg filmmakers, Irvin Chartrand and Kevin Lee Burton, who are both uh, quite active with the Winnipeg Film Group. Also Daryl Nepinak, who's also been, been quite active with the, uh, the film group. 
Brian Whiteford also has a film on the platform that's called The, the Gift of Diabetes, which was co-directed with John Paskiewicz. So yes, there are a number of films by by different Winnipeg-based filmmakers, and a lot of films on um, Manitoba subjects as as well. Uh, the legendary director Alanis Abomswin, who just finished her 50th film with uh, with the NFB, which is based in the community of Norway House, Manitoba. It's called Our People Will Be Healed, and it's about this incredible Indigenous-led education system that has taken root in that community and the, the the real difference that that's making um, in the lives of so many people in Norway House. And it's become a real model for Indigenous education around, uh, around the, the, the province. Michelle, why was it so important to take all of these films, as you said, almost 300 films from the past 50 years or something like that, and put them in one spot? Why was that so important? I think within the, the context of the, the national conversation that's going on around um, reconciliation, the work of the, 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 the TRC, we realize that this is such um, an incredible collection. Like Indigenous filmmaking in Canada really starts at, at the film board. So we have films that are coming from that first generation of directors, people like Alanis and people like Gil Cardinal, to more recent directors like Kevin Lee and, and like Katerina. And they offer very different perspectives and insights into our country, into our past, into our present, into our future. And the the commissioners at the TRC were so great at underlining the the key importance of of, of culture if we're, you know, really going to get things on the right foot in this in this country, culture plays an incredibly important role in helping people to see things from other people's perspectives and to understand the real history of this country and to understand what our possible futures might be. And there's just real a real hunger right now for these kinds of stories. Mm-hmm. And they're there. They just weren't that easy for people to access before. You kind of had to knew, know about them to surface them. So now they're all grouped together in one destination. They're catalogued, actually, by um, using a cataloging system that was developed by um, a woman named Camille Callison, who works at the University of Winnipeg. And it's a um, an Indigenous materials classification schema. It's actually used by the TRC. Hmm. I think the Film Board is the first media organization that this schema has been adapted for. And it's um, it, it just it organizes the material in a way that, that makes sense from an Indigenous perspective. Mm-hmm. And it really helps people to surface the kind of of um, you know the the titles that re- that are related to the topics that they're interested in exploring. Mm-hmm. How do filmmakers, indigenous or other, how do they get to work with the NFB? So we have production studios from coast to coast. I'm in charge of English language production at the film board, so we've got studios from from St. John's all the way to Vancouver. We have a Winnipeg-based uh, studio. We also um, we have a, an Edmonton-based studio as well. So we've got seven studios across English program. There's another four in French program. And then we've got producers in all of these studios who are constantly talking to filmmakers on the ground about ideas they might have or topics that they're interested in. 
So some of the ideas spark from conversations between filmmakers and our producers. Sometimes producers are approaching us more formally through our website. There's a section where people can find out how to work with us and what are the kinds of stories that we tell, our editorial line and direction, and they can see if the kind of work that they make fits with us. And then there's a process for submitting an idea and setting up a meeting and starting a conversation. Michelle, thanks very much. You're very welcome, Hal. Thank you. That is the National Film Board's Michelle Van Bosicom joining us here on CJOB this afternoon. Uh, the question of the day at CJOB.com is, would you reelect Brian Bowman for mayor? Over 80% of you are saying no, but right now he's the only candidate. So who would you like to see run against Brian Bowman? That's my question, 204 780-6868, Hal at CJOB.com. Kristen just sent this text in. I would vote Hal for Mayor Bowman again if he would cancel his plans to reopen Portage and Maine. By the way, Kristen, you are not the first person to say that. A lot of people like Bowman but have a real problem with reopening Portage and Maine. Kristen goes on to say in her text, with it on the table the reopening of Portage in Maine, it is a firm no from me. Even if I don't agree with everything he does, I understand the logic behind it and accept most of it other than Portage in Maine. And uh, Kristen says, I wonder how many others would also flip to a yes if he would just drop that. Interesting question, Kristen, I wonder. 204-780-6868, Hal at CJOB.com. And we have global news at 2 o'clock with Tristan Field-Jones here in just a moment. The uh, uh, flood forecast, latest flood forecast is in. TFJ will have details on that. And then after the news at 2, Bob Irving and another great Mark CFL Week interview for us, Simone Lawrence. That's on the way. Hal Anderson on CJOB. And now here's someone who always surpasses the forecast high. It's Al Anderson. <laughs> Thank you, TFJ. I'm so and, sorry. And your writers. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Hey, it's uh, 2.04. It's Friday. You've almost made it to the weekend. Really, you're at the weekend. That's the way I like to look at it. Uh, Fan Fest and Mark CFL Week continues. Both Fan Fest and Mark CFL Week over at the RBC Convention Center. The hours today are 3 to 9 p.m. With the highlight, really, being the Bomber Tailgate Party, and that starts at 3. Then there's Ryderville at 8, and you can test your skills on the football frenzy field and player autograph sessions from 5 to 7, and it's free. Free. Now, time for another great interview. Our Bob Irving chats with the always energetic and entertaining Hamilton Ticat star linebacker, Simone Lawrence. So you're heading into year seven. Boy, things are uh, oh, ca- caught you off guard, eh? <laughs> Where does the time go? Right. Yeah. Things are, well, I would say they're different because you're going to have the same coach, but lots of, lots of different approaches in Hamilton, do you think, this year? Uh, for sure. I feel like... Um, where we left off, we got we, we uh, left off where a beautiful place where we can pick back up and just keep the ball running. I feel like we have great coaches, you know, with or Coach Orlando being back. That's a great addition. Just having them around, like I seen them the other night, and it was just like the energy, you know. It's just like oh, I don't know. It's just like having a bunch of good people like that all around the locker room and stuff. It's going to be very well good. Yeah, that's Orlando Steinhauer, the 
defensive coordinator from two years ago who returned from U.S. College, kind of out of the blue. Yeah, he had a Were great, you surprised? I was super surprised because, you know, I live in Northern California during the offseason, so it was like that's all they talked about, how great he was over there and, like, yeah. how a great job he did. And so it was it was weird. <laughs> it was weird. Yeah. What's, uh, what's it like playing for June Jones? It's cool. You know, like, it's just it's, it, he's a philosophy type of guy, you know, where it's like – you know, it's it's hard to explain. It's like he's he's very knowledgeable, not just in football, but in life. And like he gives you a lot of life lessons that just. And I feel like that kind of stuff translates to the football as far as being disciplined and stuff like that. So I feel like you know, as far as that, that's what kind of coach he is. He's a good coach. Jeremiah Mazzoli is your go-to quarterback this year. Zach Kolaris is gone. How will that change things? I love uh, I love Zach. Everybody knows how much I love Zach. I love Jeremiah. You know, Jeremiah's going to ball. You know, Jeremiah, I train with Jeremiah every day out in Cali, and he's a ball player. He's quiet, and like, but he's just a gamer, you know. He's one of those guys where it's like he prepares like he's about to play every game, and like every time he gets a chance, he just balls. We're not hearing much about Johnny Manziel anymore. Is that a good thing? I could care. I'm not. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> no, but all that talk about him for the last couple it's of months. It. I mean, it's just it's, we're in the entertainment business, right? So it's like it's good media. So it's whatever. I don't pay attention to it. <laughs> well, you have been in the entertainment business all your career, though, haven't you? I mean, you're one of the most colorful guys in the league. Do you do that on purpose, or is that natural, Simone I'm just, Lawrence? I'm just me. I'm a goof. I'm goofy. I just <laughs> like having fun with life, you know. It's just fun. Like, all this stuff is cool and amazing to me. You know, I never thought it would be like this. You know, I thought I'd play football, but I didn't think I'd be like, you know. <laughs> it's kind of cool. <laughs> Nobody likes to lose. You guys had a tough year last year. Uh, confident, optimistic it's going to be different this year? I'm super confident. I feel like, you know, we learned a lot as a group, you know. Uh, just being in Hamilton, you know, I feel like we always felt like, okay, we're going to go to a great cup. Okay, we're definitely going to do this. We're sure. definitely going to a great cup. We're definitely going to go to a, the division game, like, just because that's what we're used to. And it's just a wake-up call, like, whatever you were doing, you have to do something more. You have to do something better. You have to improve and get better or else, you know, you'll be home early and miss the playoffs for the first time in my whole career. Yeah. <laughs> So you're talking now to a Winnipeg audience. We'll close this with a comment from you on the Blue Bombers and how good or bad you think they're going to be this year. <laughs> I think the Blue Bombers are going to be great. You know, you guys have a great quarterback. You guys just added a Darius. You got a great running back. You know, you guys can't go wrong, you know. You'll do well in the West. Fans <laughs> will love to hear that. Simone Lawrence, thank you. Hey, anytime. Thank you so much. And uh, that, of course, is uh, Bob Irving with Simone Lawrence. Bob Knuckles and Kelly Moore will be at the CJOB Global Fan Fest booth from 3 to 5 this afternoon. We'll start chatting with them at 3 o'clock here on CJOB, followed by Mackling and McGarry from 5 to 7. And there will also be player appearances from two of the CFL's best Russians, Charleston Hughes of Saskatchewan and Montreal's John Bowman. They'll be at our FanFest booth between 5 and 5.30. The National Combine is set for this weekend. We'll talk more about that on my show uh, tomorrow morning and again on Sunday morning. A dozen of the top 16 prospects for the 2018 CFL Draft will be going through the drills for the scouting staffs of all nine CFL teams 
That list includes Winnipeg's Alex Taylor, who's a running back with the Western Mustangs. Don't forget to check out the complete Mark CFL Week schedule on the Blue Bomber page at cjob.com. 2-10, 10 after 2. We've got winning coming up after a break. But uh, before we do that, let's go to Global News reporter Diana Foxall, who is on the phone. And uh, she was uh, down at the State of the City address with Mayor Brian Bowman. Diana, what can you tell us? Mm, sorry, Diana, start again. The button, oh, The button did not work on the phone. My bad. No problem, Hal. So I was just at the RBC Convention Center. Uh, Mayor Brian Bowman just just announced his State of the City address, and he focused on a couple main points. Um, Off the top, he really just mentioned that Winnipeg is a growing city and it's continuing to grow, so he wants to continue supporting that. Obviously, he did just announce that he will be running for mayor again this year in uh, the city election coming up. I believe that is October 24th. But he mentioned of interest uh, he would like to electrify transit And that is going to be a discussion that goes on between um, him, so the city of Winnipeg, as well as the provincial and federal governments. Um, But, of course, he is going to need a fair bit of support to do that. And I think that's one of the questions um, going forward is how the city will work with the province and the federal government to do that. We know that the city um, hasn't received an increase in funding from the province on transit. So how they go about doing that, uh, I guess we'll have to wait and see. He also mentioned he wants to uh, continue improving Winnipeg's safety. Uh, One thing he did touch on was aggressive panhandlers. So uh, he says downtown Winnipeg sees enough of those and he would like to crack down on that. But again, that is an effort that will be conducted through various agencies. He mentioned uh, over the past few years, some of the major city deficits have dropped. So the city's overall infrastructure deficit has actually been reduced by $3 billion from $9.9 9.9 billion to 6.9 billion dollars today and that's almost a decade of work that's gone into that so that was uh going on from b- before he was mayor uh, did he, again, uh, diane i'm just going to interrupt you for a second did he did he not. talk at all about because uh, our question of the day at cjob.com and over 80 percent of people have voted no on this question the question would you re-elect brian bowman for mayor and as you mentioned he just announced that he will seek re-election no other candidates uh, going up against him at this point and that's my question uh, at mm-hmm. 204-780-6868 and hal at cjob.com who would you like to see run against bowman but over 80 percent of the people voting at cjob.com say they would not re-elect brian bowman this is obviously a state of the city address heading into an election so i'm mm-hmm. sure things look pretty rosy did he yeah, talk about yeah. an issue that keeps popping up in my conversation so far this afternoon with people did he talk at all about portage in maine does it sound like yes. he's still full speed ahead yeah. on that one Yeah, I was actually about to move on to that one. So that was one of his points. And um, to be perfectly honest, everyone in the convention center seemed quite supportive of that. So there were about 1,200 people in there. And before he even finished his sentence saying that the Richardson building, um, which is at Portage Main, they are going to be conducting improvements there. And they would be the first building to remove barriers at Portage and Main. Before he even finished that sentence, people started clapping. So in the convention center, there was plenty of support for that. He is excited to continue furthering that. I asked him about Portage and Main and if there's a timeline for other buildings to sort of 
continue down that route. Obviously, there's a number of corners that it will have to remove barriers. He says he doesn't know, but that is a work in progress. And based on the fact that that was one of the promises he campaigned on, he is certainly not turning his back on that going into his second, hopefully being reelected on his part uh, for his second term there. Yeah. You mentioned the panhandling, electrifying buses. Uh, did he point out any other things he'd like to try and get accomplished in another term? Um, he has committed to, um, it's in terms of um, civic contracts, he's, he wants to sort of get a buy local policy going for, pro- for contracts that are less than 100000 So he is hoping to continue Winnipeg's growth um, in a variety of manners. He mentioned about 311. He is going to uh, get the city to overhaul the 311 online services. He says, this is quite Bowman of him, I would say, being a very um, techie mayor. He he would like to see the online services overhauled so that it's more mobile and tablet friendly. Um, so that's one thing he's hoping to do. Uh, he also mentioned, of course, the ride sharing. Uh, he's very pleased to have Tap Car and Cowboy Taxi operating in town. Uh, he didn't mention Uber and Lyft. Obviously, those are ongoing discussions that at this point, it's more MPI that they're working with for yeah. that. Um, but he was, he was very pleased. He says... Um, Winnipeg can't remain an island forever, so he's, he seemed very pleased to have those ride-sharing services in the city. Well, and he arrived in a tap cart today, didn't he? Exactly, yeah. I wasn't I wasn't here for that, but I know there was a big big show when he announced in his tap car. And, um, I mean, that is one of the things he's brought to the city. So whether or not he gets the bigger players, Uber and Lyft, into that, uh, mm. I guess we'll see. All right, Diana, thank you very much. I'll let you get those stories done now. Thank you. Thank you, Hal. That is Global News reporter Diana Foxhall joining us. The mayor just delivering the State of the City Address. 2.15, quarter after 2. Hang on, because when we come back, tough trivia, your chance to win. Hal on CJOB. By the way, you heard me mention the S word in the forecast there. Mike Conkin figures just a, a few centimeters of snow here in Winnipeg probably, but down in that very southwest corner of Manitoba, in and around Melita, probably more like 10 to 15 centimeters of snow. Oh, and low risk of major flooding. That's the news out today. And a new board at Hydro and all kinds of stuff going on. Tristan Field-Jones has all the news for you coming up at 2.30. All right. We got to give away this uh, prize pack here. Winnipeg Golf Expo tickets and Santa Lucia pizza. I got a GC gift certificate for Santa Lucia and tickets for the Winnipeg Golf Expo, which is happening at the Red River Exhibition Park, April 6th and 7th. If you want that, call now, 204-780-6868. If you get the tough trivia question right, you win. It's that simple. Here's the question. 6% of people say they would sell a kidney, sell a kidney, if they never had to do this again. 6% of people say they would sell a kidney if they never, ever had to do this again. What? 204-780-6868 for tickets to the Golf Expo and some Santa Lucia pizza. Hi there, have you got a guess? Go to work. Go to work. No, not go to work. Hi, CGOB. Yep. How about work? Not work. We just had that. Not the correct answer. Hello, CJOB. Yes. Uh, I'm sorry I missed the question. Here it is again. 
6% of people say they would sell a kidney if they never had to do this again. And we've already had people say go to work, and that's not the correct answer. So 6% of people would sell a kidney if they never had to do this again. Visit their mother-in-law. <laughs> wow, that's a good answer after you took a little while figuring it out, but that's a good answer. By the way, uh, I love my mother-in-law, Taffy. Love you. Uh, do you have an answer for the question, please? Pay taxes. Six percent of people say they would sell a kidney if they never had to pay taxes again. Oh, I got it. Very good. What is your name? Victor. Victor, you are absolutely right. Now, would you do that? Would you sell a kidney if you never had to pay taxes again? I would consider it. <laughs> wow. Okay, well, hey, at least you're honest. Yeah, so you've got uh, tickets for the Winnipeg Golf Expo, Red River Exhibition Park, April 6th and 7th, and we're going to toss in a gift certificate for Santa Lucia Pizza, too. Excellent. Sounds yeah. great. Putting you on hold here. You are on hold, and uh, Jeff Forche, the producer of this show, will chat with you off air and get you all set up, okay? We are uh, asking a question here as we go along this afternoon. Who would you like to see run against Mayor Bowman? Our question of the day at cjob.com is, would you re-elect Brian Bowman for mayor? He just delivered the State of the City address, and over 80% of you have voted at cjob.com and said, no, you would not re-elect Brian Bowman for mayor. So my question is, who would you like to see run against Bowman? 204 780 Hello, Betty. Hi. Hi. Who would you like to see run against Bowman? Pastor Bruce Martin. Pastor Bruce Martin. Interesting. I love his commercials. Oh. <laughs> he is a great guy. I like Pastor yep. Bruce. Yeah. Good idea, Betty. Yep. Thank you. Yeah. Bye. Yeah. Pastor Bruce is a good guy. Keep your guesses coming. We've had them all. We've had so many different names. Lots of, uh, several for Janice Lukes. People think Janice Lukes uh, should run. Uh, what are some other uh, common? Oh, saw somebody said uh, Larry McIntosh. Several have said Hal. Several have said Jeff Courier. I uh, appreciate that, but uh, I'm happy right here. I'm fine right here. Hey, uh, I don't know if you heard this or not, but uh, Donald Trump was interviewed by a friendly reporter. I'm not even sure he was a reporter. But he asked Donald Trump kind of an interesting question. Listen. What advice would you give to the 25-year-old Donald Trump knowing what you know today? Don't run for president. <laughs> But we're glad you did. You know, I was talking to Mercedes and Sarah walking off for just, to, you know, the Oval Office is right across the street. And I said, all my life I've gotten really, you know, look, we all get every once in a while a knock, but I got the greatest publicity. I was getting such great until I ran for office. Donald Trump says he would tell his 25-year-old self, don't run for president. Another uh, storyline with Trump is uh, uh, Joe Biden and Donald Trump are fighting again. Biden has again threatened to haul him out behind the high school and <laughs> take him on. And so muchos kilos, me, Shaner, and Timmy, my band of big guys, we have uh, created a new song based on that. Remember that song, Kung Fu Fighting? Remember that? It's one of my favorite uh, guilty pleasure songs, actually, Kung Fu Fighting. Well, this one's called Trump and Biden. And I think you'll like it. We'll do it for you after 3 o'clock. Dr. Cyrus Dirksen joins us after 2.30 News. Here it's Hal Anderson on CJOB. Hal Anderson, what is this I read here? Don't try to be happy? 
Don't try to be happy. Uh, we're going to talk about that with our uh, psychologist friend, Dr. Cyrus Dirksen. He's got some other uh, stuff we're going to talk about here today. The one I am most interested to talk about is the Mandela effect. This is basically uh, false memories, and that's where I'd kind of like to start, I think, Doc. But we're going to also try and get to the other stuff here, too. Try not to be happy. Uh, kids' personalities and how it affects their political leanings later on in life and the fear of technology. So we have lots to get to here, Dr. Cyrus. Good to see you. It's good to be here. Uh, the Mandela effect. Mm. I, uh, I, I'm not a conspiracy theory guy, <laughs> but I do find them entertaining and I like thinking about it and, you know, digging into some of this stuff. Now, uh, they're essentially false memories. It's called the Mandela effect because right. some people believe that their memory uh, that they have is that Nelson Mandela died in prison. Right. Of course, he didn't. But mm-hmm. there are lots of people that think, no, he died in prison. Right, right. An example of a lost memory, I guess, or, or right. whatever you want to call that. But it's <laughs> it's called the Mandela effect. So is this just in our heads or is there something to the conspiracy side of things? Well, this one, I mean, I, I like the conspiracy theories myself a little bit. I, Me too. I am a little prone to looking into them and things like that. But I don't think I could go that way. That the, no, with, I, unfortunately, although... Why I, do so many people, <laughs> though, believe it's wrong in the same way? Well, this comes down to people's... Um, people are very attached, even though they will sometimes admit to it if pressed. People are very attached um, to the idea that we think things through clearly, that we aren't that affected by our emotions, and that we have clear memories. And uh, because within our own heads, it feels that way. And it's very difficult for us to accept in a practical sense. You know, if you go to a lecture or something in psychology and you're like, okay, yeah, you know, we're influenced by these things. Mm-hmm. Um, but if pressed, we will generally go back to the to the model where we can know ourselves, we know why we do things, and we can remember our lives. And that's because it feels that way on the inside. And so when we have memories like this, when we see people so uh, consistently misremember things and, and it, it's upsetting and confusing for people, generally speaking. Hmm. Um, I don't know. It, it, it bothers. Well, another one. I'll give you another example. Mm-hmm. Forrest Gump, mm-hmm. right, where he, right. he compares life to cho- a box of chocolates and he goes, life is like a box of chocolates. Mm-hmm. But then there's also life was like a box of chocolates. Some people, you know what I mean? Like just one little thing is off, but so many people believe it to be true. So, Or mirror, mirror on the wall. It's actually magic mirror on the wall. See? Yeah, there's There's another another one. one. There's there's a ton of them. Imagine this one. Kit Kat. Does it have a hyphen? Uh, Most people would say it has a hyphen. I don't think it does. It doesn't have a hyphen. Wow. Or the four on a clock. How, like, you know, the Roman numerals? Yeah. Uh, you would say, oh, four, you know, that's a kind of like an I and then a V, right? Yeah. Well, actually on clocks, it's three, three I's. Sorry, it's four I's. Yeah. Really? Yeah. But people just fill it in as because uh, on the clocks, they just feel like it looks better. Okay. So if we're, if some of us fill it in and others know it, <laughs> why, what is it about our brain then that makes us, uh, some of us fill it in and some of us know right. the, the truth? Well, the only reason I know these things is because I read them. Right. I, I would have done the same thing. And the reason yeah. is because our brains are overwhelmed and, and it takes tons of shortcuts. So we forget the simple stuff. Oh, yeah. It's just we fill it in with things that make sense. They had people try to remember a psychologist's office 
And uh, they would remember things that made sense that went in a psychologist's office. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, I remember the bookshelf. I remember the desk. Yep, that makes sense. I don't remember the picnic basket. No, don't remember that at all, even though it was there. It doesn't make sense to have a picnic basket in a psychologist's office. So right. mm, out it goes. The memory just kicks it out because we want to be accurate. Yeah. And we want to take, and we want to take shortcuts. Yeah. And so are we really remembering or are we just using a thinking process to try to answer the question correctly mm-hmm. and then implanting whatever the correct, we feel the correct answer is into mm-hmm. our memory? Um, and that would then be what we would call a false memory because mm-hmm. we feel it just makes sense. Yeah. There's lots of, I mean, I don't even know how many little, you know, lists, how many lists of cognitive errors and classifications for cognitive errors. It's frightening how you know, detailed the categorization is of these different cognitive errors that people make. There's lots of them. And, uh, you know, these are just some examples. And, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of funny when we see it and things like this, but it can be, it can be pretty profound in a psychologist's office sometimes when you have people coming in with, uh, you know, with significant memories well, I was just going to yeah. say, it's great to go, you know, get a line in Forrest Gump wrong. Yeah, yeah. That's like, who cares? <laughs> yeah. But yes, I mean, it, it can have significant impact on right. people's lives, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, if you if you come to a psychologist's office and they're like, oh, you know what? This would have to be, this, you know, people don't experience this type of thing unless they've experienced some type of childhood trauma. Hmm. What do you mean you've never experienced it? Are you sure? You know, and all of a sudden, here we go. You know, this person is very motivated to get better. Uh, They trust the therapist that they're with. And all of a sudden, the cure to getting better, like, I mean, I can be, I can stop being depressed if I have some kind of childhood trauma. Well, let's really think about this then. And you know what? I, you know, there was, hmm, maybe there was that one time. Really? You know, like, and and maybe it doesn't kind of form and... A lot of people won't form it. I'm not saying that if, if a psychologist mm. said that to you, that all of a sudden you're going to yeah. have a vicious memory come back to you. But some people do remember yeah. something. Oh, hey, maybe that would yeah. have been it. This is another thing. People don't like the idea that people are suggestible. And if you do like the idea that you're that people are suggestible, people almost never think they're the ones who are suggestible. <laughs> so yeah. everybody else is suggestible but me. And uh, so it happens. I mean, they've done research after research showing that they can implant false memories in people by following specific procedures. They have to procedures they have to be very careful mm. because it's like well I, you know what kind of false memories are you allowed to implant in people when you're doing these things so they kind of do benign things like did you ever get lost in the mall not were you ever sexually assaulted so yeah you know they've got to be careful because people walk away with actually feeling that these things are true hmm. so then uh, you can forget something that happened mm-hmm. can you also believe something happened that never happened yeah for sure it can be both I remember, oh, this is a memory now. I, <laughs> yeah, be careful. I know. I remember being in like, I think, uh, grade five or something like that. And yeah. walk, this is like, I have a very poor memory in some ways. And uh, one of my memories is walking down the street realizing, you know what? I may never remember walking down the street when I'm older. And it's so funny that that's like the thing that I remember. But when I think about this, it's like, I don't even know if that memory of me thinking about how I might forget that memory is actually a real memory mm-hmm. or not. Yeah. Or whether it's been adjusted in some way or whether it's from a dream. You know, there's called source effects. So, you know, you're saying, can you remember something that never really happened? And it's like, well, it really happened, but it was a dream at the time. Or it was something that, 
um, was published in a newspaper, but then all of a sudden you you misremembered it as being about yourself mm-hmm. or something like this, and and that happens. Uh, so if you have you know. Uh, I mean, we're exposed to all kinds of information yeah. and our brain is, is trying to classify it. And sometimes it can hold the piece of information, but it loses the source. And so we can miss the source in our memories as well. Uh, it would be very interesting if that memory of me thinking about whether I would remember this in the future actually was a story about somebody else that I <laughs> yeah. took on as my own. Right. Um, so do you really know yourself? It's it's an interesting question. It is really it is really interesting. Maybe I'm I'm off on a tangent with this, but I'll throw it out anyhow. So what about deja vu? Oh. Is deja vu real? We've really experienced that before or is it just a short circuit between our ears? <laughs> I don't know. I think that I think that it would it could probably be either. Yeah. I, I I would say. I mean and I'm just basing, I haven't done studies on, right. on, on deja vu. But it's just, for inter- it makes for interesting yeah. conversation, though, eh? <laughs> it does. Because, because our minds, our brains are such incredible yeah. uh, things, right. but yet <laughs> they're not perfect, right? No. And sometimes the thing that is the most likely to short circuit is our certainty. You know, so we feel certain, but that's another aspect of our brain that gave us that feeling. Mm-hmm. And just like everything else, it can be mistaken. So yeah. I'm not sure if I remember that when really it is real memory. And then sometimes it's a false memory and you're like, I'm certain of that one. Yeah. And it's really about uh, the certainty that's actually been kind of misapplied hmm. to that memory. So, I mean, you are who you are mm-hmm. and you, and in some ways you are your memories. And uh, so you kind of go forward. So don't... Don't lose heart. Um, but uh, this can cause problems in relationships between couples and things like that. I've had right. people come in and they say, you know, I got a terrible memory. But sometimes my wife will, t- will say things to me and I just know that she never told me. <laughs> and, <laughs> and then she knows I've got a bad memory. And so she makes stuff up, you know, because I just can't risk remember. <laughs> Even though they know they have a terrible memory, yeah. they just can't. They and, defend it. They still defend it and they can't really accept it. That's funny. Uh, it's just hard to accept the fact yeah. that things may not be the way we think they are. Hmm. Well, we've probably spent too much time on the Mandela effect, but I really find it interesting. Let's take a quick break here. It's 2.43, coming up on quarter to three. Uh, Dr. Cyrus Dirksen is here. You can find him at drcyrus.com, D-R-S-Y-R-A-S.com, and you can find him here every Friday from 2.30 to 3. Hal Anderson on CJOB. We're back with Dr. Cyrus in a bit. Hal Anderson on 680 CJOB. And Dr. Cyrus Dirksen is here. We were uh, talking about the Mandela effect. I really enjoyed that. Let's move on to don't try to be happy. We all want to be happy, Doc, right? That's right. We all want to be happy, but uh, apparently we don't want to try too hard to be happy. That's right. If you make people try hard to be happy, they feel like they don't have enough time. They start to get stressed. And how many people do you know that don't have enough time? <laughs> yes. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's just something that plagues us today. Mm-hmm. It was funny when I was reading about happiness again, and, I, you know, we've done this topic before, like, in different ways. And, yeah. And it's just interesting to kind of actually see some psychologists mourning the fact that we've lost sadness. Like, we've lost the... Uh, the effects of sadness and, and in what way? You know, it is interesting, right? It kind of caught my interest. Well, why are they why are they mourning the effects, the loss of sadness in our society? And it's kind of, well, if you're striving so hard, uh, you know, to get rid of sadness, you don't embrace all of life. You know, you take a pill. You kind of, you even even regular levels of sadness are are not tolerable. And sometimes, um, you know, what the research actually suggests is that we should be embracing 
all of these experiences and actually uh, adding challenges to our lives that are consistent with our values. And so if you're just pursuing happiness and you're you're saying there's no room for sadness in my life, it actually produces, uh, you know, more of this effect, like there's not enough time. It produces more of a feeling of emptiness um, and, and distress because sadness is horrible. But if we're actually like, well, sadness is a part of life, then all of a sudden when you experience it, it's not so distressing. Mm-hmm. And that's often what we're actually trying to do in in a therapy room is actually make these feelings more acceptable, less distressing in themselves and make people more, help people to become more flexible around them mm. uh, so that they can cope with them when they happen and, uh, and actually take on new challenges and uh, embrace things that are meaningful for them so that they can feel maybe not happiness. Uh, that's probably not the best way to kind of define it, but maybe contentment uh, or purpose Things like that. Those are more, hmm. uh, you know, satisfaction. Yeah. Those are things that people can achieve. I don't think, I don't feel like there's been a loss of sadness because I feel like <laughs> sadness kind of pops up in life. Like it that is just part does. of life. Yes. <laughs> I mean, you can try to be as happy as you want, but I guarantee you that's right. a bit of sadness is going to pop up once right. in a while. And isn't it good if we are prepared for that and we know how to deal with that and we aren't completely overwhelmed or, or yeah. scared if it actually happens to you. It's like, well, you know what? It happens, and mm-hmm. it happens no matter what you do. And um, actually because you're living a purposeful, embracing, meaning life, it may happen uh, to a greater extent, but but then you actually have this action towards something, and you have something that, that gives you a feeling of satisfaction. Oftentimes happiness doesn't come from seeking after happiness. Often it comes from actually seeking after challenge, mm-hmm. and that produces pain. So sometimes people come in and they're like, I want to get rid of my problems. And I'm like, well, I'm actually trying to give you problems. I want to give you a problem that can create a purpose in your life because that's what purpose is. It's basically yeah. having a problem. Mm-hmm. And uh, But let's make a problem that you can feel really good about solving. Hmm. Let's get to a couple others here before sure. we have to break in about five minutes for the news. Uh, don't try uh, – we did that one. Uh, kids' uh, personalities – and their political leanings <laughs> later in life. I thought yeah. this was really interesting. This is <laughs> this is cool. So uh, what do we know about kids' personalities and where they are politically later on? Well, it depends at whether you're a conservative or you're liberal on how you like look at this research. Because <laughs> I was like, ooh, the liberals aren't going to like this one. And it's like, <laughs> ooh, the conservatives aren't going to like this one. Uh, so there's, you know, everybody's got their own their own things. Uh, so apparently people, kids with conduct problems, so this is kind of like theft and things like this. They, yeah. they grow up and they don't trust the system and they become more liberal. Ouch for the liberals, right? And then, mm. uh, you know, kids who are more restless um, are more likely to become more liberal apparently. People, but it's not all just about the liberals. So uh, people with attention problems are more likely to become conservative. People who have a little bit more fear are more likely to be conservative. Um, well, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. People with authoritarian parents mm. are more likely to become uh, conservative. And so some of these things make sense, but I think it's also important to realize that this, uh, it's not like you're going to be able to walk up to Johnny and say, Hey, I know what you're going to be because yeah. you've got a conduct problem. These are fairly small effects. They're interesting and they're stable, mm-hmm. uh, but they're small. So, uh, I mean, we can kind of gather a little bit from this, like, Oh, okay. Maybe people who, uh, don't trust people as much or have, have difficulty with that may be a little bit more liberal because they don't trust the government and they don't want too much control. Yeah. Um, but in other words, people with anxiety may be more likely to like things like that are more certain, and maybe that's a bit more of a conservative approach. Mm. Um, but we can maybe get some information about kind of what leads to these things, but we can't predict because, like I said, the effects are fairly small. Yeah. And a final subject here, the fear of technology. 
Oh, boy. First thing I thought of when I read that was uh, the driverless cars, right? Mm. We're hearing about the driverless cars now having accidents and people dying and stuff. And anytime we talk about uh, driverless cars, we get, not me, I'm not, you know, getting in that. (laughs) So that's maybe an example of of fear of technology. Oh, yeah. And, you know, the fear of technology is something that's a generational thing. People don't like new, unknown things. And so there is a tendency for, and I think we've maybe experienced this when we were children, where parents... Uh, kind of are suspicious about the new things that their kids are doing. Mm. And and so that's not necessarily rational. Um, I think that there is a good argument, though, for the fact that people, uh, in some instances, not every instance, I mean, think about when you were a kid and you how much TV you watched, and then think about how much your kid is maybe on social media. And, you know, p- kids are spending a lot of time on all these kinds of things. Yeah. But there is an argument, I think, that is pretty valid for, uh, you know, technology addiction and things like this. And, um, and there are, you know, good stories about people who have taken technology out of their lives and are coping very well. So, I, I, you know, I think that there's room for people to have their own opinions about this and to live different lives. But I do also think that uh, there is a place where people can, uh, you know, go too far and they start, stop being able to live their lives, you know, in a good, healthy fashion. And, you know, just as an example of that, I remember uh, reading about somebody who didn't want their, uh, didn't want to beat their video game. They didn't want to win because they didn't want to have even a minute's disruption in playing the game. Um, and so, <laughs> I know, just completely overwhelmed. Wow. And, uh, you know, obviously not wanting to go to school or things like this, um, you know, because they're wanting to play games all the time. Hmm. And, and children who don't naturally disengage from games um, as much, uh, healthy children will. They will want, they'd rather generally go play with their friends than stay at home and play a video game alone. Um, so if you see that, there may be, in, you know, it's a slight... Uh, it is a warning flag. That's a better way to put it. It's a warning flag. Um, children with anxiety are more likely to be kind of caught up in their own world and playing these games and not wanting to socialize and things like that. And they're, and uh, um, so if a child is struggling, they may be more tempted to kind of go into a different world like that. So it is something to watch for. Um, but there is also this generational thing where you don't want to just be anxious just because it's different than how you grew up. And um, so, yeah, I think uh, I think it is a concern, mm. but I think it's also probably uh, a little bit overdone at times too. Yeah. Dr. Cyrus Dirksen, mm-hmm. drcyrus.com, D-R-S-Y-R-A-S.com. Thank you very much. Have a good weekend. And uh, we'll talk to Dr. Cyrus again next Friday afternoon between 2.30 and 3. Global News at 3 with Tristan Field-Jones is next. We'll be back after the news. Hal Anderson on CJOB. And the lines are always open for Hal Anderson. Yes, they are. 204-780-6868. Thank you, TFJ. You can also email me, hal at cjob.com. My inbox is always open. It is uh, 3.07. Going to play a Muchos Kilos song for you here in a bit. Hal, uh, me, Shaner, and Timmy, my band of big guys, all about uh, Biden and Trump wanting to... (laughs) These two old guys in their 70s. All they want to do is fight each other. It's crazy. Uh, let's go down to the RBC Convention Center for Mark CFL Week. The Fan Fest continues. I think the Bomber Tailgate Party is underway. Bob Irving and Kelly Moore. Hey, Hal, thanks very much. Uh, it's been a while since Kelly and I shared a mic. It's probably been too long, I Mr. Would Moore. definitely say that, Knuckles. Absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. the Bomber Tailgate Party, Hal, is. It just started. As a matter of fact, the doors just opened here at the Convention Center for Fan Fest, which is... Uh, the open invitation to all the fans around here to come down and get a good taste of Canadian football during this Mark's CFL week. We're going to bring a very special guest on here uh, to start off our first report. Jeff McWinney 
is the custodian of the Grey Cup trophy. Is that is that your proper title, custodian of the Grey Cup trophy? Well, my preference is like to taking in taking Dad's nickname is keeper. Okay, keeper. There you go. That's the word that I was missing. Keeper of the Grey Cup trophy. And so Jeff's responsibility, and he's got it right in front of our table here at the convention center. It's still in its great big case, but the Grey Cup trophy will be on display for for what the rest of the day. The rest Jeff, of the day, right we're going to go from three till nine. And uh, if you're late, I'll stay. I'll go out into the streets. Uh, this is a Canadian's. Uh, this is Canadian's trophy. Uh, there's no other th- anything like this. You love doing this job, don't you? You know what? I love this league. I love my country. You know, we're, we're have, we have such a great thing here. We need to be proud and free and about the freedoms we were given by guys from 1918 to, you know, right to 1942. Jake Adar, you know, his team, we lost seven guys in 1942 that fought for our country. And I think our new millennials, the guys going into the, you know, at Dateline 2018, we need to realize that we have freedoms. Were given to by Jeff Nicklins, the Arnie Charbonneaus. Uh, we can go on and on with players that gave their lives for us, and they're on the Great Cup trophy. I was just going to say, Jeff. You know, that's to me, that's the coolest thing about that trophy, is are the names on it. Yes. Because it is literally like taking a walk down memory lane in the Canadian Football League. The, yeah, we th- the thing I like about it too is the emotion that uh, it inspires and you could tell all sorts of stories about people who get come up to it and, and get close to it and, and break down, right? Oh, 100%. Yeah. One of the greatest authors of this great, and he's one of the f- founding fathers of our, uh, our great league is, is of course Jake Adar, but Doug Mitchell. Yeah. Yes. He's the one who authored this. He, he said in 1985 and 86 that we're going to, he spearheaded he got a, he got a uh, uh, a team of people to do the background, and we got all the members on there. And so, 1987, we saw the barrel change. Yeah. Uh, so, this storybook, this magical storybook, is not only just about our great players and the essence of them, like the Rodney Laterals, the Gordy Rollins, God bless them, and Norm Rawhouse, and all these great uh, Winnipeg Blue Bombers, the Della Rivas. We have a lot to be thankful for. Where is the most unique place under your watch? that this cup has wound up. Like, I was thinking maybe you had to be in Speedos in the deep end of a pool one or, time. Yeah, in somebody's party. backyard. I yeah. Was <laughs> yeah. You know, those are the kind of things that we're not privy because on, on that last Sunday in November, we surrender that to the uh, to the team. Yeah. We, we don't see it for 60 days. And it's like a kid going away to school. Yeah. yeah. I go. bet you yeah. worry. Yeah. It's funny. Mark, go home. Mark, Mark DeNoble, who's just right behind us, he said, uh, your baby's back. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it's uh, we're very lucky to have something like this in our country and to, to tell that story. Because 41 years after 1867, we got this 1909, yeah. Earl Grey gave it to us. And the first keeper of the cup is the one that made the inscription presented by His Excellency. How much room is there on it, Jeff McWinney, on the there, Grey Cup trophy to keep adding names? There is no more room in the inn. And yeah. stay tuned. Oh, we're coming to a theater near you, and it's so close to home, it's not even funny, and I can't. I'm dying to tell someone, but the guy that's. Well, you could tell you us. You could tell us now. There's only a few <laughs> thousand There's people There's only a few listening. thousand people. I understand. Uh, but I want to do this on Great Cup Day. Yeah, okay. <laughs> All right. Understood. Yeah. Uh, but it's, I'll tell you, we're lucky. Yeah. Where's it going to Where's it going to be on display here, uh, Jeff, for folks that are coming down a fan? We're going to be in Hall C here, and yeah. just in behind us, we're going to go for six hours. Come on up. Take pictures. Uh the chalice is out of bounds because now we're sequestered until November 25th, yeah. that, that Sunday. Yeah. Uh, but pictures are, that, that's that's our forte. Yeah. People love to touch it, but you've oh. got to draw the line, don't you, a little bit? We do. You know, it's respectful. We, yeah. we, you know, we've got a, guy, a lot of guys that there's blood, sweat, and tears. And I just re- saw a book uh, and a story that was written, and Terry Jones pointed out from Edmonton, that my dad actually 
1954, they were so spent at the end of the day that they were all in tears. And Dad was sitting on the bench, and he had a broken nose, and he had sweat coming down, and he was crying. And they said this was the epitome of blood, sweat, and tears yeah. because he, they were all beat up. There was 22 of those guys should never have been playing by today's standards. Hmm. And you were, you, you'd know all those players. Those, yeah, those sure. are guys that we uh, love. Jackie Parker, Normie, Normie Kwong, Johnny Bright. Um, we were, were very – Jimmy Cuadamateo. Yeah, they didn't look after injuries back then the way they do <laughs> now. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Jeff, thanks a bunch hey, for this. Yeah. You guys yeah. are great. Yeah, Appreciate you know, it, Jeff. The, the guy who literally does treat his yeah. guys with the kid gloves. Yeah. The, hey. key, the keeper. Yeah. The keeper of the there cup. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. God bless you guys. Yeah. All right, Jeff McQuinney. And, again, the Grey Cup is one of the attractions here, Kelly, at FanFest. And, of course, the Bombers have their tailgate party going. Until 6.30. And after they're done... It's going to be Ryderville, so it's a party all night long. And if you're going to the Jets game tonight, stop in here because it's free. Come on in and see this tremendous layout they have here, this big 80-by-40-yard football field. You can run around out there, throw some footballs. There's simulators, interactive displays, people filing in now. And Kelly and I will be back with more. Hal from FanFest, CFL, Mark CFL Week at the Winnipeg Convention Center. Thank you, Bob. Thank you, Kelly. You guys go off and have a twisted tea or two, and uh, we will talk to you again after 3.30. (laughs) They're laughing because that's exactly where they're going. They're going to the Twisted Tea Man Cave. I guarantee you that's where they're heading. 3.13. We'll take a break. Check uh, traffic and the weather forecast for you. It's Hal Anderson on CJOB. Hal Anderson on CJOB. The time is 3.17. 17 after 3.00. Let's see how the drive home is going. Matt Abra. That's not looking too bad out there right now as we get your Friday commute going. Uh, just a reminder that northbound uh, McPhillips and Lila westbound still shut down at that intersection of McPhillips and Lila because of those sinkhole repairs that are scheduled to probably go until Monday. Uh, Lila in both directions approaching McPhillips has seen the biggest backups from that, so expect that to grow in the next half an hour or so. And looks like we're having problems once again at the Jubilee underpass on Pemina. With all that melting snow, the underpass has been filling with water. It looks like that is the case right now. So use caution in there and expect delays, especially southbound Pemina, uh, bumper-to-bumper traffic back to Taylor right now in there. And also just a reminder that Empress between Sargent and Wellington is shut down as well. You'll have to reroute yourself in there. Sunday, March 25th, and Monday, March 26th, visit Shoppers Drug Mart for the 25,000 points event because more points equals more free stuff, and free feels good. That's 680 CJOB Traffic. Clouding over this afternoon, tonight low minus 5, periods of light snow starting up overnight, periods of light snow continuing tomorrow, high tomorrow plus 1, south wind 40 tomorrow, gusting to 60, and then Sunday, windy again, plus 2 on Sunday, and again, periods of light snow. Right now, plus 6 degrees at CJOB. Hal Anderson on 680 CJOB. Uh, question of the day at cjob.com. Will you be voting for Mayor Brian Bowman? Over 80% of you have voted no. No. And so that begs the question, well, if you don't want to vote for him, who would you like to see run for mayor? 204 780 Hello, Maria. Hi, Hal. I think you should run for mayor. Oh, come on. Everybody's saying that, but you know what? You don't really mean that. I do. Sincerely, you would make a fantastic mayor and represent Winnipeg 
Uh, fantastically. I think you would be great. Well, that's very nice of you to say, Marie, and other people have said that as well, and I really appreciate that. But, no, I I think uh, I will. I, there are, I'll tell you what. I have a real interest in politics. There was a time when I thought about running uh, for office. I may consider it again someday, but right now I'm having too much fun doing this. Uh, I'll be on your campaign trail. I I'm going to – I'll hold you to it, Maria. Careful. Okay, I'll hold you to it. I'll go to bat. I'll go to bat for you, Hal. <laughs> Thank you, Maria. Take care. Hello, David. Yes, good afternoon, sir. Hi. Yes, I would um, recommend that Paul Moist run against Brian Bowman. Paul Moist, interesting. Paul Moist is uh, an extremely accomplished person. Yep. Uh, for 17 years, he was the member of Canada's largest public sector union, QP yep. National. Mm-hmm. And he's a Winnipeg guy. But, Dave, would you worry about the contracts he might sign with city workers? No. He's equally respected, if you will do your background, uh, by business and labor okay. as being a balanced person. Mm-hmm. All right. And in, in his perspective and how he would uh, carry out uh, his vision of the city in the future. All right, Dave. Thanks for the call. I appreciate it. Bye. It's March 23rd, the greatest day ever. On the 23rd of March, 1839, the word OK enters the vernacular. It would be another 150 years before renowned linguist Ned Flanders introduced OK's successor. Oakley Dogley. Have a great March 23rd, the greatest day ever. ever. Greatest day ever. I can't believe we're at March 23rd already. By the way. Friday, March 23rd is Melba Toast Day, Chia Day, Chip and Dip Day. I know what I'm buying on my way home. Puppy Day. It is Tamale Day. Near Miss Day. Okay Day, as you just heard. And it is World Meteorological Day today as well. And I have just enough time to play this new song from Muchos Kilos, me, Shaner, and Timmy. It's called Trump and Biden, because those two old guys, all they want to do is fight. <laughs> Biden, again, has said, I'm going to take Donald Trump behind the high school and and uh, and fight him. So here you go. Me, Shaner, and Timmy, my band of big guys, Muchos Kilos. Trump and Biden on CJOB. Everybody, it's Trump and see the two of them go at it, though. I think that would be kind of entertaining. We're going to check your forecast. We'll have sports for you and global news at 3.30 all on the way here. It's Hal at CJOB.